We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which the Sound As Ever podcast was made, the people of the Eastern Kulin Nations, and pay our respects to their ancestors and elders, past, present and future, and through them to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. We acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. Welcome to Sound As Ever, an Australian Music Vault podcast created by music industry, journalism and sound design students at RMIT University. This podcast celebrates iconic pieces of music created by Australians from an array of backgrounds, casting an eye to our country's cultural future. In this program, we explore the redefinition of genre in the Melbourne fusion music scene, with a focus on the song New Spring by Melbourne band 3070. With its eclectic and innovative mix of genre in its conception and reception, New Spring expands on soul, jazz, hip-hop and world music sensibilities and is the result of a collaborative and authentic sense of community in the modern music world and one that more and more acts are beginning to explore. Please be aware there is some strong language in this episode. With a fluid and changing lineup, 3070 create a unique and diverse sound. Henry Hicks, bassist of both 3070 and his side project Horatio Luna, is just one part of the elaborate puzzle that forms New Spring. Here he explains the creative process behind the spellbinding song. Uh, I just remember when we were in the early days, kind of usually someone brings in an idea and then we just sort of work on it for a while and see how it develops. And uh, I just remember the moment when Alicia came up with this uh, beautiful vocal refrain. Which, um, you know, they, they weren't words, they, but you kind of knew exactly what she meant. And it was, uh, yeah, that can be interpreted however you want to. It's a, it's a beautiful uh, abstract sentiment. Not to mention the groove and the guitar part. And um, while we're on the point, I guess, of talking about this tune is how it opens up in the B section. The B section actually, that sort of came about in the studio. And uh, we were working out of this small studio um, out the back of someone's house. It was really pro space, but it was kind of like a small room, very homely. And we were just trying ideas. That was it in the studio. We were just sort of trying ideas and became very free and spiritual jazz and all those sorts of things that we really love. And uh, the slowdown was an arrangement, one of Ziggy's arrangements, and this is something that we used to do a lot because in 3070 we had uh, sort of like instrumental or uh, musical cues. So we would uh, we'd call a cue and um, sometimes the arrangement would be to switch up the song or uh, start to slow down or start to speed up or it uh, could have been anything, play a rhythmic figure or something. One of these particular ones, uh, an arrangement was that we would just uh, slow down gradually and that's sort of how the uh, last section opened up. To me it's a fusion, like it's definitely, it's probably rooted in um, like soul music but with a real, you know, which combines, you know, hip-hop and, and elements of all sorts of electronic and organic stuff but there's definitely like a jazzy quality to it, you know, it's experimental but not too far out that it's not accessible. So I guess, uh, how do you describe it? I, it's just a fusion. You know, I call it somewhere like a, like in a jazz soul fusion. Benny Badge is a musician and DJ, as well as the operator of the music production company Secret Heat Music. 
His ties with different parts of the industry give him an insight into the Aussie music scene. Commercial music has become a lot more experimental than it used to be and borrows from different genres. And you can see that when, when music gets rolled out, you know. I think PRs and marketing companies and retailers never used to have much of a problem. They didn't care much about just pushing something into a genre, you know. If, like if it had rap on it, it would fit into hip-hop even though it was jazz and things like that. Whereas I think even retailers now are a lot more a lot more conscious about the quality of the music and what's what it represents and that's been sort of you know if you look at retailers and sort of like the back end of, of digital uh, stores like you know iTunes and um, Juno in the UK and things like that the the way that the genre maps have fanned out is just huge now like it used to be maybe 10 to 12 genres and and now you're able to when you release your music digitally you can you can tick up to I don't know how many boxes like little jazz offshoots and fusion and jazz funk and then you can go into house and electronic and you can map your release over like multiple genres so there's more chance people find it so in that regard i think commercial music has taken that cue and being like well you know it's like having more fishing lines in the ocean you're like i can just say this is a jazz record or i can just say this is a you know a soul or pop record but if we're willing to embrace everything this artist wants to bring to the table then in a way it actually kind of makes it maybe more con- convoluted to market but it still increases the chance that people who like different stuff will find it. I feel like that's just become kind of the norm with with music retail, but we can kind of thank the underground scenes for for sort of taking that step to experiment in the first place and and be like, you know what, this isn't just this one thing. This is like nine different influences and kind of leaving it up to the listener to to decide what they they want to call it. Jazz Feldy is a radio presenter for Triple R and is the host of the radio show Good Fortune. Here is her take on genre. As someone that is on the radio... Talking about music, I'm really bad at kind of describing genre, like genres and like pigeonholing people into genres. I don't know. There'd be so many bands that I look at and I go, I don't know, are you like punk, synthwave, new way? I couldn't really describe it. I just think it's just good music, right? You yeah. know, I'm sure the band will do a much better job than me to describe what <laughs> genres they kind of fit in. But even Alicia Joy, 30s 70s lead vocalist, whose soulful and stirring voice drives the band's sound, doesn't pin herself and the band to one specific genre. Yeah, I don't think I would describe this band via genres. Like, I, I feel like it's sort of a concept that's a bit um, too, too narrow and, and, and places us into boxes that overlap and, and um, it's, it's a, a melange of sounds. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I grew up listening to like a lot of jazz and classical. Um, my dad's been an inspiration in that sense, and um, and a lot of soul music. Um, sort of got into that at a pretty young age, and just yeah, I guess um, I've always had a pretty husky voice, and that sort of informed what music I liked listening to as well as what music I wanted to perform and end up singing. I think fusion is a really big part of Australian music and I, it just seems to have been, um, I guess, more of an accepted thing. I came to Melbourne for fusion music, so I guess, yeah, I really appreciate all the... Uh, I'm interested in that anyway. That's a big part of Horatio Luna, which is taking like more of the attitudes of certain musics but then letting it not being... Not letting it be genre-specific, but like having a specific attitude or a continual attitude, but not really letting it be too much like a specific thing. Well, I guess that's how I view jazz because, you know, 
Right. You know, it was Miles Davis that said that jazz was an attitude. I guess for us, when we play hip hop and we listen to hip hop, for us that's that's jazz because it's kind of it's it's music from the club. You know, it's got the improvisatory spirit and the attitude and the culture that's far more representative of jazz than what is happening in the institute, having all come from jazz institutes, which we respect and, and, and really appreciate it. And it's a, a, a privilege to have access to that type of education. But I guess for us, the real jazz was happening outside of the club. And for us coming up, it was like Swooping Duck and Hiatus Coyote. There were heaps of bands, Clever Austin, heaps, heaps of artists, heaps of bands. I think we are in a bit of a, um you know, a post-genre musical landscape where um, where it's okay to not have an exact name for what you're trying to do. You know, that can have, I guess, repercussions in a distribution and kind of retail side because it, it is hard to sell something you can't describe. But <laughs> we've uh, that's a challenge that we've kind of had to take on ourselves and lots of other local bands have. And I, I, I'm appreciator of like the classic framework of genres, but yeah, I've got no problem as well just saying, you know, it is what it is and I, and I like it. It's not solely up to the artists and musicians to define genre. Rochelle Flack is an artist support coordinator for Ditto Music, the founding editor for Casual Band Blogger, and a music photographer whose passion for the industry sees her engaging with the ideas of genre and community. I once did an interview with uh, an artist called Sam Pology out of Brisbane, and he called it cross-pollination. So it's essentially like all these different band members who've grown up in the same city and, and some have, you know, come from other cities as well, all coming together and working on these new things. And a lot of them have different genre backgrounds. So some of them might've been in punk bands or some of them have gone on to start punk bands um, or rock bands. And they're all coming in and bringing a, their own kind of like flavor to this sort of music. It really kind of put Neo Soul and that sort of like future rhythm on the map with bands like Hiatus Coyote. And I feel like there's been a lot of great artists which have come after that um, who continue to pave that way. And that's, I think it's a very uniquely Melbourne thing as well. I feel like a lot of this genre is pushed forward by female vocalists. Um, and yeah, I think it, um, those vocals add like quite a warm, tone to the music like when sometimes when you think about this music sometimes it can be challenging to listen to like you know there might be you might be going along with a groove and then just another element will be introduced and kind of takes you it takes your interest in a different direction I think the presence of the female vocal um, is a really great thing of kind of tying it all together and just a really kind of warm sounding uh, progression through the entirety of the song it's hard to talk about the uprising of Neo Soul Fusion without mentioning Haidus Karadi. The self-described future soul group born in Melbourne has been making waves both domestically and internationally with their captivating grooves and melodies. Led by their powerful frontwoman Napalm, Haidus Karadi has been a part of the inspiration behind acts like 3070 and more. I distinctly remember a time where I photographed Hiatus Coyote at the Corner Hotel. I think this was in 2015. I th- it was either 2015 or 2016. And it was an, an incredible show. Like, um, they're so talented and such an incredible... Yeah, just the whole collective um, is really, really something special. You know, there's so many different links and so many bands which all these people are associated with. Um, and, yeah, it goes to show, like, the power of the Melbourne community. Um, and then I caught them again at one of the Zoo Twilight sessions. And that was amazing because the Zoo Twilights is a really unique kind of gig because it's not just like young people in a sweaty bar or club. Um, It's 
family friendly. So there's families with their kids like sitting on picnic rugs and then you had this amazing like um, young audience coming through and then people who were just really consumed and interested in music who weren't necessarily young um, but still really connected with a lot of things. Um, and yet yeah, the, the audience, the variation in the diversity of the audience was really amazing to see and that was a really fun show. Community is one of my favourite things to talk about because I feel like particularly in the Melbourne scene it's so, so prevalent. A lot of these bands are coming from different backgrounds and different cities um, and different styles of music as well. I can think of, you know, a bunch of different bands associated with 3070 who have all have roots in different areas and they're playing in different bands now. And like, um, I guess like the, this whole community has really progressed over time and things do change and artists jump into different projects. But yeah, I think community is super prevalent. Yeah, it also extends to other different genres as well. I think I think we're really lucky in Melbourne that we have such an amazing music community and all these communities, they're like segmented off in their own like little genres and styles and, you know, there's crossover and cross-pollination to say. But yeah, it all kind of like ties together and I feel like everyone in music in Melbourne knows someone else. And so, yeah, I think it really spans. It's it's so much better than just the one genre. And there's a lot of people who are working with each other who are inspiring each other. I think one of my favourites at the minute is an artist called Kayit, um, who I'm, I'm lucky enough to work on her music at Ditto. Um, and her community and her collective, her kind of style of music is very much so R&B flavoured, um, almost kind of hip-hop leaning, bit of indie and pop elements in it. So really kind of spanning a whole bunch of different genres and the people that she's working with and the communities that she is creating are really awesome. Benny Badge shares his thoughts. The way in which people find music, track it down and kind of appreciate it has it has evolved. There's more dimensions now that you can uncover about a band that you love and that's that's only a positive you know you see them at a show or you hear them on the radio or something shazam can tell you what it is and then that'll give you the artwork and you can find it on spotify and then if you go to the local record store you you'll find even more out about the band or the artist or you find out they're shopping there or you know find out about secret gigs and things like that so i think there are a lot more tools now for listeners to become involved in the artist's world outside just the show or the merch table and and that's that's definitely that's yeah, it's definitely great that there are more dimensions to an artist's place in the scene in the general community. Originally, it was it was all the musicians and the bands digging each other's stuff, and and in that regard, it was a community. Like we we all knew what each other's doing, and you know, enjoy each other's shows, and you know, bits and pieces of collaboration, which um, I think is probably that's that's where the level's gone now. You know, the band most of the bands have found their feet as a group, but individually, they're exercising their their solo solo prospects. And that's led to all sorts of collaborations that have, um, I think, have really opened the gateway to the general public being able to find out about this music. Whereas, you know, originally you might have just been going to to see this guy, to see your friend's band, you know, someone you worked with or went to uni with, and you hear they're in a band, and this is the kind of music that awaits you. Like that's they're the kind of uh, gateways you'd have to go to to find it because it wasn't really being promoted as as anything that was. Um, it didn't have an identity at the very start outside the band community. So I guess you could say, yeah, there's definitely a community that's built from this sound and, and that has influenced more bands to come and, and, and will keep influencing more, more bands and artists. Henry Hicks had this to say. The Horatio Luna thing came about as originally an anonymous sort of beat tape vibe, like just recording jams and um, sort of producing that and having fun with that and just sort of playing with ideas and keeping it very abstract and trying to uh, kind of challenge the dance floor and um, bring a new aesthetic to the dance floor. 
For a long time, we were playing lots and lots of shows, and uh, every time we finished a gig, the house music would come on uh, at like after midnight. It would just be house music. So I guess we were we were gigging all the time, and you're always around house music, and it became natural to sort of uh, really explore that idea. Yeah, so we just had games that we would play and that we still play. Games like, all right, we're only going to play, you know, 120 and we're going to only play minor chords. And then if you hear this, we're going to kind of play that. And, you know, keeping everything really open and allowing everyone to kind of just be themselves in the moment and, and enjoy the music and enjoy improvising. Alicia Joy shares her thoughts. Uh, yeah, I think we're really lucky in Melbourne in the sense that you not necessarily a cultural identity as guests on this land, you know, as much as we come from European backgrounds, a lot of us, like, there's no tied reference point to a music, like a native music for us, because we're all just guests here in Australia, and I think that has created, like, an interesting culture within itself, and I think that's kind of unique to Australia, and, you know, trying to be respectful in that sense, and create something new out of uh, not having a, a music of our own. Yeah, taking taking inspiration from jazz and from African rhythms or, you know, even like the UK jazz thing. Um, being able to take pieces from all over the world and sort of create like, this little culture within itself that's hopefully respectful and is its own thing. Um, well, I grew up in Vanuatu in the islands in the South Pacific and I think it's a community-based living more more community based and community focused and um so i guess it kind of became natural for me to be enjoy being involved in a um in a community and i've just been lucky enough to have uh been around some amazing artists and amazing musicians and uh it's yeah it's just been a been a total pleasure and now with Horatio Luna, the vibe is we're uh, lucky enough to be playing a lot, which is so great, so great for the music and so great for connecting to the community. And um, now we're playing a lot more tunes, like composed material, and that feels really cool too. So I guess it's just going to be an ever, ever evolving, ever changing uh, thing with streamlined through improv and streamlined through, yeah, having fun. But yeah, mainly it's just, it's it's nice to have uh, lots of kindred spirits and lots of other people that, you know, share similar ideas about music and it keeps you motivated and inspired and we're very proud of our musicians, we're proud of Hiatus, we're proud of, you know, all, all, all the great artists that uh, come out of here and, um, and we celebrate it and enjoy it, yeah. An integral part of the music community is the fans. We talked to one fan about what it is that draws her into the genre fusion scene that is coming out of Melbourne. Yeah, well, my name's Emma. I'm a 24-year-old student from Perth. In regards to the music, I really love the liberation of sound and exploration and freedom to create and express something so spiritually rich and endearing about a track that's constructed by a diverse collection of sounds. Um, it really takes you on a journey, and yeah, that's what drew me to this particular scene, the liberation of sound. Yeah, so as a lover of Australian music, I feel very much a part of the community. I try and get to at least probably like about a gig a fortnight. Um, I wouldn't say I follow a specific genre, um, which actually makes sense why I'm such a big fan of these coming-up genre-bending bands. Even though, let's be real, this isn't really anything new. Um, this form of music's been around for some time now. I guess the local Australian lineups 
or catalogue is just so strong. So it's catching the eye of a lot of new fans and somewhat becoming um, evident to the mainstream music scene, I would say. And with 3070, um, I saw the LP a few years ago back in Melbourne. So I've seen them once when they were just starting. So nothing like the evolved sound they are now, but the group's cohesion, zest and funk just really blew me away. Alicia Joy is essentially talented. That woman's vocals are just, on the new track, are just phenomenal. Confident, empowering, yet incredibly delicate and vulnerable. The sound and the backing jazz instrumentals just really direct you on this incredibly spiritual listening experience. Like I mentioned before, it's like a journey and just a variety of sounds really bring out a range of emotions. The music scene is an ecosystem of musicians, artists, fans and the media. As explained by Jazz Feldy, the importance of this cohesion is paramount. I don't know, there's this amazing thing where we've got like the, the band, sort of like the artists and community radio and the venues and the punters. Like, like the Melbourne music scene probably wouldn't exist without all of those elements, I guess, having like working together and kind of supporting each other. So yeah, it's sort of community is the one that I guess or the, the punters and are the ones that are going out and seeing the bands and buying the merch, buying the music and kind of keeping it alive, I would say. Yeah, well, it's just a, it's a mutual appreciation, you know, it's like, like I, I kind of consider myself first and foremost a punter, like I'm a massive music fan and so going out there and seeing bands and, you know, and showing up and, you know, really enjoying that music, like I'm, I'm appreciative of it and I want to support it, like, and so my way of doing that is, is to kind of, is, is to, yeah, to go there and buy a ticket and, you yeah. know, buy a t-shirt and, and, um, tell my friends and share that music um, on my shows. I mean, Melbourne is incredible. Like, there's nowhere quite, I mean, there's lots of obviously amazing music scenes everywhere, but Melbourne, uh, there's just, you could see an amazing band every night of the week. And whether it be like a new band that you probably never heard of that, you know, started a couple of weeks ago, to, you know, big famous acts that kind of come out and, and kind of play. So I think that my take on what's happening now is like, it's amazing, it's so diverse. So originally there was like a scene uh, and it was like based around the Evelyn Hotel a lot, which was uh, mainly was like, there were bands like Pataphysics, who's a fantastic like rapper, DJ, beat maker, producer, trumpet player. And there was uh, a lot of projects that Matt Kelly was involved in, such as like Ghost Orchid um, and uh, Mayfair Kites. And then we had, um, and then there was, I guess there was Hiatus and Nay and Clever Austin. And then everyone was just playing with everyone and we were like, there were these crazy parties where people would just jam for fucking hours. And like, then you had like amazing percussion players like Punga getting involved and uh, everyone was just kind of jamming with everyone. And that was kind of the collective idea that we were interested in when we started 3070, which was like, yeah, just like all feeding off each other and growing together and bouncing off each other and letting things be like, it comes from a jazz collective thing, which is that like everyone just plays with everyone and it's cool, you know, because we're just jamming. Label collaboration and community radio is very important in the Melbourne music industry. There's a lot of collaboration that happens in the Melbourne music scene or just the Australian music scene, whether it be mates, you know, playing with mates or, um, you know, whether that's kind of set up with like labels kind of doing collaborations. Um, Poison City and Milk Records did like the Split Singles Club. Um, yeah. So two different record labels 
um, essentially like got their bands to kind of, you know, do kind of seven inch singles together. I think once you start like, if you like a label or if you like a particular band, you know, suddenly you kind of, you know, once you start discovering more, uh, you know, artists on that label or, you know, bands that they also play with on different lineups and things like that, you start to see that kind of, I guess, community around that band and you can kind of see, you know, the overlaps with different artists. I know, I mean, community radio does, like, it's vital for, um, for the Melbourne music scene, I guess. Like, there are so many artists that probably wouldn't get commercial airplay that, you know, wouldn't be deemed, I guess. But, you know, commercial radio is sort of generally playlisted and at Triple R we're not playlisted. Um, uh, broadcasters have the freedom to play what they want um, and kind of, you know, we all do our best. I do my best on my show to represent as many different kinds of people and genres um, and types of music or, or whatever as I can, um, whether it be recent or old, mm. older music. So, yeah, I think it's like, it is so important to have community radio because it is this platform for all these amazing artists that may not necessarily get airtime. Yeah, we have a really, uh, really connected and really uh, supportive community. I think it's, um, that's what gives it such a buzz, like the quality is so high, so everyone that you're surrounded by is doing things that's really inspiring and really giving a lot of energy. And, you know, it's a, a city that's kind of known for its arts. It's a yeah, it's a half a billion dollar industry in Melbourne every year. It's a big scene in in kind of a small area compared to the rest of the world and in particular the rest of Australia. And I think we just love what we do and <laughs> do it. Uh, yeah, we just love what we do. It's great. Yeah. And we love, we love being a part of a community. Yeah. 3070's New Spring is a gateway into the diverse and expansive world of the Australian music industry. The modern redefinition of genre and music making is the byproduct of the innately collaborative spirit amongst musicians and fans, and it's why music will continue to evolve forever. Part of the, being part of the music community, you know, it's like, or, or just kind of being a fan, you know, you just kind of want to interact with other fans and find more music because that's just, you know, that's what we're into, just by a big bunch of nerds. So what does the future hold? I don't know, <laughs> but anything is possible because it's a psychedelic melange of jazz, fusion, hip-hop and house. You've been listening to Sound As Ever, an Australian Music Vault podcast produced by RMIT music industry students Henry Lucas, Philippa Conlon, Zach Boardman and Lucy White, with interviews from Rhiannon Down, Samuel Richards and Hamish Lindsay, alongside sound design by Israel Carter. Thanks for listening. <laughs>